Howdy, howdy, everybody. I am Oscar Barkas, joined by my good buddy, Sam McFadden. And I kind of mentioned this on Twitter earlier, but we do have a special guest today. Another good friend of ours, Dalton Drody, is on the show, the only other Texans fan in my life. So uh, we've got some exciting stuff planned today. Absolutely, absolutely. Welcome into episode four of the We Like to Pain podcast. First episode with a guest, super exciting. Super, super exciting. Uh, we'll do this from time to time for sure. Um, our, I mean, obviously our guests are just going to be buddies of ours that we like to talk football with um, that have uh, interesting perspectives or something. Uh, just a little change of pace for this podcast. Uh, so I'm definitely looking forward to it. Yeah, for sure. Um, Dalton, you got any quick things you want to say before we jumpstart the episode? Yeah, no, I'm just excited to be on the podcast. You know, um, I'm a diehard Texans fan and I wake up every day just upset about how bad we are. I'm, I'm excited <laughs> to, uh, you know, embrace the pain. <laughs> hey, that's a perfect this, place for you, man. Yeah, and we're basically just a therapy sec- session. Um, I will say, speaking to our guests, I have come to the realization that we have already messed up a few things in our uh, other sports headlines that we've covered. Um, So we're going to have other friends on that are more informed about soccer and baseball so we don't right right yeah (laughs) we are not the people to talk to about stuff like that honestly yeah we want to bring up stuff from time to time uh just because either exciting things are happening or we feel like there is something really important that we need to talk about um and actually today let's just actually we got some quick questions to start yeah let's get to the quick questions let's do those first uh, I'll start, actually. I'll, I'll take it away this time. Um, my quick question of the week for both of you guys. Who is the guy this week, uh, week one, that made you go, wow, I was wrong about that guy? That guy totally disappointed or blew away expectations. Who's the first guy that comes to your comes to your mind? Don, you go first. For me, it was definitely, without a doubt, Jameis Winston. Oh, you were I, a hater. I like this one. I like. This I was. One. I wasn't necessarily a hater. Oh, I'm not. I, I like James Winston, but I was like, he's gonna be mediocre at best. Um, after week one, I am a huge fan. Yes, sir. How can you not be? How can you not? Like, honestly, that, I, that is, that's a great answer because I wasn't a hater of Jameis either, and he went out there and he played like an MVP quarterback so <laughs> less like the only yeah. quarterback in nfl history to throw five hundred five touchdowns on less than 150 yards absurd absurd king shit let me yes. just start out the episode with that yeah and just even seeing like in the this past week and a little bit in the preseason i, I saw like videos of him just talking he just seems like a completely different guy than he was a few years ago and that excites me as well for real, I think that the time spent with Sean Payton, uh, New Orleans, and with Drew Brees, obviously, has had a bigger effect on him than I ever thought it would. Um, I was so you're definitely saying it's more a character thing than a LASIK thing. Is that I what think you're saying? okay, no, no, don't get, don't hear what I'm not saying. The LASIK thing absolutely mattered, and now he can see, and that's that's <laughs> not a coincidence. There's no way that's a coincidence. A starting quarterback can now see. Yeah, that's crazy. So. <laughs> hey, also put this out there, Jameis Winston, probably the best blind quarterback to ever play the game. Yeah, so, without a yeah. doubt. Give the man his respect. 
<clears throat> I Oscar, just, you I gotta... just love the fact. I'm sorry to keep it on James. Oh, you're good. You love the fact that he won a national championship, was the number one overall pick, mm-hmm. which kind of speaks to what you're talking about. He's he's had a change in his leadership style, more. Um, maybe even humbled a little bit and it's it's not even that shocking to me i mean he his he was the rookie number one quarterback like everyone thought he was going to be the guy of course he had a bigger head and now he's had a couple years where um he was doubted uh Mm -hmm. he got to sit behind drew Brees, who's another guy that you know chip on his shoulder type guy um so yeah, I was I was shocked by the stat line week one, but I was not shocked that this is the best Jameis has ever looked. And he's still like 27, 28. He's young enough. He's certainly young enough. He's if he plays well, I mean, he obviously he's not going to keep this up, but if he plays super well this year, he's going to make a lot of money next uh, next off season. Definitely so. will. Uh, yeah, my oh. oh, that'd be awesome. If he just became the starter for New Orleans for the next couple of years, I'd love that. Oh, yeah, because so I'm kind of a closeted Saints fan, just because I, I have nothing else to hope for. <laughs> Saints are right there. Dude, the Saints are hard to hate. Saints they are, hard are to hate. so hard to hate. Well, I guess I mean we can go back to Bounty Gate. That might be a little right. controversial of them, right. but but I agree. Um, my guy that I was wrong about by far, keeping it on the uh, topic of the show, Mark Ingram. I mean, he was not super efficient with his rushes. I think he ran like 26 times for 90 yards or something like that, but he looked good. He had some burst. Um, He was for sure the Texans best running back that we had out there. And uh, I don't know, makes me excited. I, we had talked about him coming into the locker room sort of mostly as a culture guy, but uh, he looked good. He it's okay. So the most surprising thing wasn't how he played for me. It was about how many opportunities he got, how many, how many she was given. Um, and, uh, well, it was a little less surprising by the fact that I believe Philip Lindsay lost a fumble or he, he lost a fumble, but it was called back or something like that early in the game. So that might've affected the, uh, splits, but I did not expect Mark Ingram to be disinvolved. Um, and if he's this involved every week, then he's, you know, I know this isn't a fantasy show anymore. We don't do fantasy talks so much anymore, but he's certainly uh, a lot Worth more relevant, yeah. a lot more relevant than I thought he'd be. Yeah, I agree. Who's your guy, Sam? Okay, so I got two guys that I'm kind of torn between. So I'll just I'll, I'll briefly I'll briefly touch on both of them. Um One's good, one bad. I'll I'll start with the bad one. It was Mark Andrews, um, yeah. tied in for the Ravens. Um, the Ravens looked weird uh, in this game. Um, it was obvious. It obviously hurt them with all their injuries. It, it was pretty apparent out there. But I mean, they barely targeted Mark Andrews. Yeah, he was I, not. I, he's supposed to be a superstar tight end. Yeah, he's so. Supposed to be one of those guys where you can count on him week to week to get, you know, a you know at least like seven targets, right? And he he got targeted five times. None of them were were very far downfield. He caught three balls for twenty yards. I mean, it's just a super disappointing um, game. Uh, 
And, I mean, part of the deal is there's just not a lot of passing volume in that offense, which we knew was going to happen. But, man, it's just like before the season, I was ex- I would be excited if I had that guy on my team. And now I just don't want a piece of him. Yeah, I, I uh, do not have a whole lot of him in fantasy. Going back to fantasy again. Right, right. Um, and I after week one, man. I'm I'm sort of glad about it. He is like by far their most talented receiver. Um, yeah, and, and I mean, got, I, don't get me wrong. I love to see uh, Marquise Brown get involved. He got a touchdown early, and I, I love to see my boy Sammy Watkins getting so, so I knew involved. You were gonna say I freaking it. love that man, and he's he's doing well. I knew he was gonna be good. Okay, on that team, and he is. Hey, um, it's week yeah. one. Don't get your don't overreact too much. It's week one, and Sammy Watkins is the king of week one of he week is. one NFL games. Um, anyway, my other guy, the dis, uh, or the non disappointment, the great, the guy who played so much better than I thought he would, and was so much more involved is Jamar Chase. Like, oh my god, that guy, dude, that guy, he balled out. He balled out. He he was, uh, I believe, he was the most targeted guy on their team. He ran the most routes out of anyone on the Bengals. He was. He was he played as the number one receiver, which I did not expect, and he had the numbers to match it. So, you know, the the Vikings defense is not as formidable as like I'm not impressed by the Vikings defense. I wasn't coming into the season, but that performance was one hell of a show. So yeah, I'm excited and, and to see it. How about all three top ten rookie wide receivers catching touchdowns? Yeah, super cool. Super, super cool. Yeah, it makes me excited, man. We got some we got some good talent uh, oh, yeah. out of this most recent oh, draft. Oh, yeah. Good thing the Texans didn't pick until the third round. Mm-hmm. Super nice. They Don't worry, they wouldn't want any of the quarterbacks or right wide receivers from this class. It's Shut up. Pretty void um, of talent. I'm going to throw it right back at you with my quick question. Hit me. Uh, did you know that the Texans are 26 and 13 against the Jags all time? And since week 17 of 2010, we are 18 and four against you guys. Yeah, this just seems a little rude. All right, uh, I was I was not aware of that. I was aware of the fact that since I've become a fan, we lose to you guys often. Yeah. Um, even like yeah, we we just lose to you guys often. What I will say is, how many times have you guys been to the AFC Championship? <sighs> In, let's just in let's your just entire franchise. Hey, history. let's just let's just kind of let's just kind of skip That's past that one. Yeah, uh, but actually, this is surprising. I didn't think it was this lopsided. Yeah, I didn't know. I I knew all time we were pretty good against you guys, but the since week seventeen of twenty ten, we we're eighteen to four. That that was it's a lot crazy to me. It's embarrassing for the Jaguars. <laughs> well, we'll get into the Jaguars and Texans in a second, but sure will. Man, that's embarrassing. Uh, and it was funny because right before the show, I had, I had put this question in the doc before last weekend, and uh, I had to update it with uh, more favorable stats for the Texans. So just had to add another win to the to the. Hey, to- this is a good week for you and Dalton. This is a good week. Yeah, probably the best week of the season. Man. Man, oh man. Dalton has been having some... Uh, tech issues but i think he's still on the call uh we'll keep it moving and then oh dalton yeah, here. here all right you got anything Perfect. to say you want to rub it in sam's face that we're i mean 
I'm just gonna. I don't. I don't. I don't really have anything to say. He. He knows. He. He knows. <laughs> I've been wallowing in it all week. Don't worry. Yeah. Oh my god. You should have seen my Oscar. You would have had so much fun watching that game with me. I was in yeah. such a bad mood. I don't know what's funnier though, in my opinion, is us being the Jags or everyone saying the Texans are going to be good this year because we beat the Jags. Oh yeah. Yeah. What oh, is god. this? There's a, okay. We'll get into all of that. Oh. Uh, the Texans did beat the Jags this week. That's what we're referring to. Um, but we got some some other NFL news that we wanted to hop into before we really did a deep dive on that game. Um, first of all, the Ravens and Cowboys have had a tough start to the season. We mentioned J.K. Dobbins uh, tore his ACL like three weeks before the season. Uh, they have since lost two other running backs. They are on their fourth string running back, Tyson Williams. Um, and have brought in Devontae Freeman and Le'Veon Bell to their team. So they are just... They're pretty desperate at this point. Very desperate. Uh, they also, their second string running back, Gus Edwards, who is poised to be their starter this year, tore his ACL on the play before Marcus Peters tore his ACL. Yup. And then they uh, just they just ended practice after that. Yeah, I don't blame they just, them. They were just like like fuck this, like we can't keep losing guys. Bad juju on this field. We got to get out of here. So yeah, and then Marlon Humphrey was out a lot of week one's games. So they're I mean they're running back and corner rooms, both of which were like probably the most talented skill position groups on their team are both have just been decimated by. The injury bug. Uh, the Cowboys have had sort of similar luck in terms of injuries and just COVID and suspensions. I mean, they've. <laughs> Sam, do you have the full list? Every, of uh, every, like almost everything a player could miss time for, we've had a player miss time for. Except, like, short of like criminal charges or like <laughs> killing a guy or something like that. Like, we had we had Zach Martin Mr. COVID. Demarcus Lawrence just broke his foot. Um, Lyle Collins is out for substance uh, substance issues. Yeah, so here's um, here's the list. Zach Martin was out week one. He will be back this week, which is yeah. good. Uh, there's a chance that he plays tackle now with Lyle Collins out. I'm all about it. I'm all I am about too, it. man. I mean, he's one of the best linemen in the league. Uh, then, like we mentioned, Lala Collins is out five games with uh, substance issues. Then Michael Gallup had a calf injury from week one and was yeah. placed on IR. I think it's just short-term IR, so he should be back in it four is. weeks. Uh, then Randy Gregory tested positive for COVID. And then Demarcus Lawrence injured his foot, and he's out six to eight weeks. Yes, sir. So tough stuff. I mean, Demarcus Lawrence is the is the biggest one. Um, yeah, without a he's doubt, he's the biggest one. Player. Obviously, obviously, he's the longest uh, absence we'll see. But he is our best defensive player. And um, as bad as the Cowboys' defense is, um, and as bad as everyone thinks they are, um, if you look back over the last couple of years since Demarcus Lawrence broke out, that defense is significantly better with him on the field. Oh. So, like- it like gets without really, a doubt. like it gets way worse when he's off the field. So um, I I'm looking to see a lot of I want to see what I really want to see is and we saw some of this in week one and I loved it. 
I, I want to see Micah Parsons bring the pressure. I um, knew you were going to say that. Um, because they, he's great. He lined at, up he's at so defense good. end a lot in college. Yeah, and, he's so uh, good at bringing that pressure. And so, um, and we're going to need some extra help up there. So I hope they bring him up, uh, try to do some sneaky stuff with him. That'd be, yeah, that'd be I didn't, exciting. I didn't realize this, but uh, uh, Leighton Vanderesh is listed as the fourth string linebacker yes. on the team. Yeah, he's he doesn't start, and he he him and Jalen Smith barely play. Yeah, and mm-hmm. they will they'll play more now because I think that you're right. I think Michael Parsons will line up a lot as a lineman while D Law and Randy Gregory are out. I don't know if they'll line him up as a lineman. Honestly, I'm I, I'm thinking more that they play with him um, back like up as the, an edge rusher. As an edge rusher, but also what I really want to see is I want to see him line up to where they have to be guessing if he's going to drop into coverage or if he's going to rush. Um, so some some more delayed stuff, I guess. Not straight up on the line, matching up with one offensive lineman, but trying to catch him. Um, off guard. Off guard, yeah. That's what yeah. I'd love to see. So we'll see. I mean, Who knows? Yeah. Um, that may be too much creativity for the Cowboys. <laughs> What Dan Quinn was so good those couple of years as a defensive coordinator in Seattle. <laughs> uh, anyway, anyway, that's enough Cowboys talk. <laughs> yeah, right this now. is a this is an AFC South show. But our last little thing that I wanted to do before we move on and strictly talk Texans Jags is other than that game, other than Texans winning thirty seven to twenty one, I'm just gonna say it as much as possible. Were there any other game scores that you were really surprised by? So that's open question to anyone. Hey, Oscar, uh, what was the score of that game one more time? <laughs> I hate you guys. I think it was uh, 37 to 21. This is what bullying is, all right? And the this best exactly part about that bullying. score is it seems closer than the game was. You guys aren't. You guys. You guys are laughing now. But when when you guys don't have the first overall pick, when you guys are like fifth or something, you're gonna be so pissed. All right. Oh yeah. Sure will. Oh, anyway, back to the question at hand. Um, surprising games uh, to me. Let's see. Two come to mind off the top of my head. And that's, uh, first off, is the Philly-Atlanta game. That one surprised the heck out of me. Atlanta yeah. looked so bad. Miserable. They looked so bad. Yeah. And I, I kept on hearing people talk about Atlanta as a dark horse playoff candidate and stuff like that. And I did not believe that in the in the offseason i really didn't i thought they were bad but i did not think they were this bad and maybe that's an overreaction it is week one we a lot tend of to weird do these stuff things. happens in week one but they looked terrible yeah matt ryan looked bad mike davis couldn't do anything i mean there the, calvin ridley got outproduced by uh cordell patterson <laughs> like it's just like Kyle Pitts yep. got a couple passes, but didn't really do much. It's yeah, it's after the first fifteen oh. minutes of the game, I don't think uh, Calvin Ridley or Kyle Pitts received a target. So I don't know what they were doing. Yeah, it's just like it's so it's extra disappointing too because they picked Kyle Pitts, and the idea behind that it was obviously like we want to contend. Well, we, yeah, we still win now. Yeah, and they just can't do it. They're just not good enough. And in Kyle Pitts, I'm sorry, he is a he is a fantastic prospect at tight end. Love the guy. He deserved to get uh, picked that high, but he doesn't move the needle right now that much. No, while they were 
picking fourth, uh, I believe that there was a guy named Justin Fields still on the board. There was. There was. Or Trey Lance. Either or. No, Trey Lance oh, got drafted three? third, but Mac Jones right, was on the board right. too. And, just, and he's looking great. Yeah. Yeah, but that was the big one. That was the big one. The other I one agree. was the 49ers game. When the Lions uh, almost came back. Yeah, yeah. The, the whole game was normal, and then all of a sudden I, I flip back over to it, and the Lions are driving down eight uh, for the end of the game. So, like, yeah. it, was, it, was, it wasn't surprising until that, and it was just like, Niners, what are you doing? You're falling asleep, falling asleep back there. Dalton, did you have any crazy games? Surprised you? Oh, he's not on the call anymore. He's uh, He said his Wi-Fi has been really bad. Um, he may join back at some point later yeah, on in this call. I hope so. I, I hope we can rub it in your face a little bit more. <laughs> uh, Oscar, throw the question back at you. The, the first was- one, and I wanted to mention this while Dalton was on the call because he's a big Titans guy, apparently. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Cardinals beat the brakes off the Titans. Like, like that was the most... Way. That was the most uneven game this week, in my opinion. Um, like, eh, Packers Saints. Oh, you're right. You're right. Completely. Packers Saints was the that. was the most lopsided. Yeah, and that was honestly very surprising. Also, um, yeah, I Kyler Murray looks like an MVP candidate, um, and. Todd Downing is the Titans offensive coordinator's name. Can't talk too much shit because uh, the Falcons offense didn't look good either, but I'm just going to go ahead and say it was a downgrade losing Arthur Smith and turning. Oh yeah. Todd. Downing. Oh no. Okay. Todd Downing is not a good offensive coordinator. He was, a, he was an OC a couple years ago. Where was he at? He was the Steelers. Uh, I'm was, pretty sure. Was it with the Steelers? Yeah. Are you sure. Maybe it's the Steelers. I Todd Downing is not a good OC. Yeah. I was Titans, reading an article today about how um, the Titans have thrived. No, it was with the Raiders. That's what I'm thinking of. Okay. Where they th- they thrived with Ryan Tannehill through play action, right? That's what, yep. that's the bread and butter. That's his thing. Yeah. And they and Todd Downing, when he was the OC for the Raiders, was uh, had the lowest percentage of play action in the league by far and then this week they did play action the lowest percent in the league so it's just like i don't think he's a good oc i think that's a really bad sign for the titans as a whole super bad uh so we'll we'll see i i still think they're probably the best in the division but yeah and we'll again dalton's got some thoughts so we'll get to that later i just couldn't believe how bad i mean chandler jones had five sacks Oh my god, Taylor Lewin couldn't uh, couldn't do nothing, couldn't do anything. And to be fair, he was coming off an ACL injury and yeah, oh, a- ACL injury early. Off. Yeah. Um, but still, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then the other, not because it was a blowout, just because I think it was the best game of the week. The Ravens Raiders game on Monday night was that just was a fantastic fun game. game. Uh, and you know. You see any primetime game with the Raiders, and you're like, really, this again? Um, and they looked – they didn't look good for the first quarter or two. Derek Carr was being uh, very cautious with the ball. Um, and then and then he turned it on, and that was, if not the most exciting game of the week, because I think the uh, Cowboys-Bucks game was a little more exciting. 
that uh, Ravens Raiders game Monday night was a lot of fun. It was, it was, and I was, I'm glad you said that because I was literally about to say uh, I think the most exciting game was on um, on Thursday night the Cowboys uh, Tampa game, um, but that I mean you could not ask for a better uh, Monday night game. No, yeah, well, um, yeah, yeah. We, Super we started and ended week one with great games. Oh yeah, what was the was Sunday night game? The Rams Bears. Oh yeah, that was a bad choice. Yeah, it's a bad yeah. choice. I. Uh, <laughs> I mentioned this to our buddy Wyatt when we were watching the games together. It just sucks. We we had such good. It was like a really bad sandwich made with good bread because Thursday and Monday, the Thursday and Monday games were great. And then everything in the middle was just like shit. I mean, what I will say is I'll give a shout out to um, the Kansas City Cleveland game. Yeah, that was, like I mean, that was a that was a really good game in my opinion, and it should have been the Sunday night game. I don't know why it wasn't. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know why they would choose a Bears game over them, but that's neither here nor there. Regardless, um, I'm yeah. just excited that the NFL's back, even with bad games. I'm uh, bad games. Be watching all of them. Game. Yep. All right. Well, let's move into the uh, meat of the episode once again. Texans beat the Jags uh, on Sunday, 37-21. And what a lot of people are calling a very shocking performance. Um, and so that's my first question about the game. Was this more of a Texan surprise or a Jags disappointment? Okay, so this is a little bit of a loaded question. I do have a pretty strong opinion on this one. Um, I think that it was... Pretty equal, honestly, because um, I think that a lot of people's answer this is going to be Jags' disappointment, um, just because they were so so bad. We put up 21 points, but like you said, the, the the score is closer than the game actually was, and the score isn't even that close. I mean, the Jaguars were terrible. The defense was couldn't do a thing. You could you could walk down the field if you wanted to, um, and so. Um, I think the Jaguars were absolutely extremely disappointing. And then on the Texan side of things, um, what was what was interesting was, um, okay, so I didn't think the receivers were that crazy. I knew Brandon Cooks would ball out. He always Yeah, does. always does. Um, the stuff that really stood, stood out to me was Tarad. Oh, yeah. He played super well. That lights and, out. Uh, the defense looked pretty good. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and that one, that one, who knows? That might be a Jags thing. That might be a Texans thing. I, I tend to lean towards. Um, well, uh, honestly, I'll just use this to segue into my my points on the on the game here. Um, the Jags are bad, and the Texans are still bad. Sure are. So let's not get it twisted here, okay? Let's not get it twisted. Both of these teams are very bad. <laughs> <laughs> Both of these teams will Both be picking in the top five. Of the I was NFL about draft. to say that. I was about to and say that. And do the Texans have a first round pick this year? Shut up. Yes, we do. <laughs> you sure you don't want to trade that for a left tackle or something? Yeah, or like uh, trading away a bad quarterback contract or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah something like that. Anyway, um, what was I going to say? Yeah, we will both be picking in the top five of the NFL draft. Honestly, here's here's the silver lining of it all. Here's the real, 
here's the real thing. The the winner of this whole thing is really the listener here because both of these teams are so bad. It's going to be fantastic for this makes for great content. content. Yeah, it's going to make this show so much better. Um, I would have loved it if the Jags were good and the Texans were awful. That would have been great. But honestly, for what for what the show is, this is probably the best case scenario. So yeah, you just get to hear us. Congratulations, viewers. In weeks. Dalton, uh, did you want to get into your thoughts? Yeah. So uh, I'm very very pleased with that W. Like like <laughs> I said, Texans are still bad, but the sure biggest are. takeaway I got from that is Lovey Smith. I love that man and David <laughs> Coley. And the biggest thing with David Coley is it seemed like the players wanted to play for him and were like they the, the players love him as a coach and that in itself is such a big W in my eyes that I'm perfectly okay losing. Oh, I think I think it's massive for these teams that you go into the season and we have one every couple of years or so every every year or so where it's just like this team is very clear like one of the worst in the league like they're going to lose a ton of games. And you see, you see one of two things. You see either the team is just kind of giving up and they're just going through the motions, or you like see a the team Jets last year. Yeah, or you, see, or you see a team where they really put the chip on their shoulder and fight for it, like the Dolphins a couple years I ago. I was about to say that. Um, yeah, they, yeah, they ended so, five and eleven, which would be a bad thing for the Texans. Right. Like, Unfortunately, I think that's what's going to happen, though. Yeah, it kind of seems like he's going that way. I agree, uh, and that's more of a a uh, statement on the state of the AFC South right now. I was kind of just like planning out what our season looks like. And we play the NFC West and the AFC East. Those are our other two divisions that we play games against. And I would say all of those except the Jets are losses because uh, we'll lose to every team in the NFC West. That's the Rams, 49ers, yeah. Seahawks, Cardinals. And then most likely lose to the Patriots, for sure lose to the Bills, and lose to the Dolphins. But we steal that game against the Jets, or not even steal, we're both bad teams. We win that game against the Jets, and then win against either the Jags again, or win one against the Colts or Titans. And then we're a five or six win team. Yep. Um, And that's probably what's going to happen. The bad thing for you guys is it's really just, it's... Like for an NFL for most, for NFL teams, like going getting five wins in a seventeen game season isn't like that hard. Like winning football games is hard, but like ending up with five wins is like most teams can do it. So when you're talking about a team like the Texans where you want them to lose, kind of so you get a high pick, it's just it's tough. It's very tough. Yeah, and it's just going to be really tough when teams that I thought might be a little better, like the Jets and Jags, are just yeah. might just be right back in it, um, right. in the mix for a high pick. The Bengals, I mean, they won week one, but they're always a candidate to perform poorly. Um, so, yeah, we'll see where the Texans pick ends up. That's not the point of today's episode that will be discussed in uh, a lot throughout the season where we end up pick wise. Um, I, I wrote down quite a bit of notes as far as the game went. Um, Tyrod looked great. Mark Ingram already talked about Danny Amendola, who was signed off the street like a week and a half ago, um, had a touchdown catch, had some big catches. 
Brandon Cooks, like you mentioned, looked great, but I didn't have any doubt in that. Um, and then the Texans' defense was great. We matched our interception total from last season in one game. Yeah. Um, that is such an awful stat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, God. says more about how bad we were last year than uh, than this team. Yeah, but it is very exciting to see that for sure. Yeah, like you especially mentioned, even in the preseason, we were getting we were getting takeaways in the preseason, which mean nothing, but. Yeah, I mean, Lovey Smith. Away in almost two years, so. <laughs> yeah, uh, m- more than anything, I'm just Lovey Smith's beard looks great, and that's uh. It does. It that's, does. I love it that really we does. get to see that. Like, he looks like a badass. Three times a game. Really does. Yeah. Yeah, there's um, not many people that I aspire to have a beard like him because I do have a pretty good beard Dalton myself. Dalton has a great beard. Has a beard that I want to have. Yeah. Um. And then last last thing, kind of tying back to what Dalton said about David Coley earlier, I like that the Texans kept the foot on the gas because one thing that the Texans were kind of known for under Bill O'Brien is we'd get up, you know, case in point, the Texans-Chiefs playoff game from a couple years ago. We'd get up and then play not to lose. We'd, we'd try and ride it out, ride out the rest of the game, and then we would lose. Yeah. Um, so we, we kept scoring, we kept trying to throw the ball. Um, and then speaking of there, Tyrod looked great, mostly in my opinion, because his pocket presence was so good. And I, you know, it'd been a couple years since we'd seen Tyrod Taylor play good football. Um, and he, him moving around in the pocket, running, uh, scrambling a little bit. Um, he's still a very athletic quarterback and uh, I think that that will help cover up for a spotty offensive line from the Texans. And that's even more true for Trevor Lawrence. Uh, his pocket presence, again, looked pretty good. Um, and their offensive line is maybe the worst in football. So um, I had some other Jags notes. I said that, I mean, Trevor Lawrence had three interceptions. Uh, but he's going to make his rookie mistakes, both Peyton Manning and Andrew Luck, two of, you know, the greatest quarterback prospects we've seen both had three interceptions in their first game. And both, I think threw more interceptions than touchdowns in their first season. So, you know, it's, he's going to learn on the fly, but, um, yeah, part of the thing, part of the thing with Trevor Lawrence and just like rookie QBs in general is, um, you know, I'm on the side of the spectrum that they should start early. These oh, yeah. drafted quarterbacks. Um, uh, shout out to the Bears. Um, but like <laughs> the way, like honestly, it, you kind of have to look at rookie quarterbacks from like a season long perspective. You, it's because it, I mean, Trevor Lawrence, I guarantee it, he'll have a couple, he'll have a game or two this season where he looks fantastic. Yeah, like throughout the entire game, and people are going to go nuts talking about Trevor. And it's just like you kind of need to take a step back and look at it from a look at look at from a bit of a farther perspective um, to get a, to get a real sense of what they can do. Um, I uh, I'm not the three turnovers doesn't really worry me. Um, we knew it was going to be an uphill battle, and uh, for like no matter what. Um, and what I will say, the last thing I'll say about the Jaguars is 
Urban Meyer shouldn't be the coach. He just shouldn't be the coach. So, <laughs> and I'm pretty Why? sure I'm pretty sure he will at the very longest he'll be the coach till the end of this year, and then he will leave. That is my prediction. I think you said that in one of our earlier episodes. Also. I probably did. Um, yeah, I I agree. I'm actually super right all the time, Oscar. I don't know if you've <laughs> noticed that. Uh, not right about the Jags winning this game, though. Oh, God. Wait, what was the right. score again of that game? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Remind me. You guys are just so happy with yourselves. Leave, sure it up to the, leave it up to a couple of Texans fans to be so excited for a, a good win over the Jacksonville Jaguars. What hey, else did you know that if the season was to end right now, the Houston Texans would be in the playoffs? They would be in the playoffs. That is true. Yeah, we had, I think, the largest margin of victory in of all AFC teams, so that puts us in the playoffs. I think that would put us at the number one seed. I'm not really sure how that would work yet, but I don't think it'll stay that way for very long. Never know. Um, yeah, I mean, that was pretty much all the notes I had. The last thing that I said was basically Urban Meyer is confusing. I mean, Carlos Hyde outtouched. James Robinson. Yes. And James Robinson didn't touch the ball for like the first quarter and a half, two quarters. It was very strange. And then for the last quarter of the game. So it was just like he he got, I think he had six touches. I mean, Carlos Hyde Hyde was the starter. And I mean, Carlos Hyde didn't have that many touches either, but still, like, James Robinson is clearly a a better running back. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, we mentioned this a lot during the season. Um, the wide receiver core is going to help Trevor a lot. All of Marvin Jones, DJ Chark, and LaVisca Chenault had great plays. Uh, the latter two, I think, had touchdowns. So I, they're they're going to help. That, that wide receiver core is going to help him look better than he did week one. Certainly, certainly. Um, not this week, though. Not this week. <laughs> Yeah, uh, we'll, we'll talk, and we're going to give Dalton his AFC South Titans takes yes. uh, first. But, yeah, we'll talk about future matchups as we close the episode out. Absolutely. The, the Tennessee Titans, the best team in the AFC that the team is talking about? <laughs> the best team in the AFC as a whole? Look, here's the thing. They are not going to be – they're not going to have a, a big uh, – regular season record but when it comes to the playoffs when they get the playoffs you're gonna make it to the playoffs you're gonna win a division and then they're gonna be ready Derek Henry is gonna be dialed in and no one is gonna stop that man and that is that's it and he gets a ring just because of it so you're predicting a Titans Super Bowl that's what you're predicting absolutely wow absolutely if you look at I was talking to Oscar about this the other day if you look at the stats in the last three years Ryan Tannehill and Derek Henry both have almost from three years ago to two years ago, they doubled their stats. And then from two years ago to last year, their stats like was 1.5 of what it was the year before. So they've significantly gotten better each year. And now they're unstoppable. I'm telling you right now, Derrick Henry get the ring. There's just He's no the best way. best back to ever walk the earth. There's just no way. Okay, that. Oh, my goodness. Okay, hold on. That's a heel I will die on. Let's unpack this for a second. There's just no way that that growth is sustainable. No. no, They've they've kind of peaked. But also, um, I I just want to bring forward the argument of Derrick Henry is 29, I believe, or 28. 
He's at he is at the age where you see most running backs, except the freaks of na- truly freaks of nature, uh, fall off a cliff. Um, and I'm not denying that Derrick Henry is a is he is a freak of nature. He, that man is a beast. But it'll come. It comes for for them all. And uh, and honestly, that guy runs so hard and he's so big. So hard. That he's gonna and break gets like down. 400 touches a season. Yeah, he's gonna break down eventually. Also. He's just—he's not the best running back to ever walk the earth. Sam, I'll call you up in about 15 years when his career is over. It'll be 15 more years. Close is going to play until he's not going to play. He's not going to play. He's not going to play 15 more years. But in about 15 years, he's going to go down as the the greatest of all time. And just remember, Dalton Jody told you. I if that happens, I will give it. Another thing that excites me about that team is Mike Vrabel. I like Mike Vrabel a lot, um, and I think. The, the three of them, they got some good young receivers. And their defense is mediocre at best. But I just don't think Derrick Henry should be able to be stopped this year. I'll, uh, I do like Mike Vrabel. I will yeah, do I, I was, really do. And honestly, I like the Titans. I love Ryan Tannehill. He's for, he's an Aggie. I love the guy. And I'm a fan yeah, of Derrick Henry. A.J. Brown and Julio Jones are great. They were super disappointing this week, as was everyone else. But I like the team. I just I think that... They are poorly positioned to go through the gauntlet that is currently the AFC. They're going to have a well, – I forget what year it was, but the Giants in like 2009, 2010, whatever it was. Oh, yeah. The wild card and yeah. winning it all. That's the season they're going to have. All right. Okay. Heard it here first, folks. I, I'm, I'm not sure there's another podcast on the planet that doesn't have Titans in the name that is predicting this kind of stuff. So, yeah. Heard it here first. Yeah, and not even from one of the hosts, from a from our first guest. So I'm, you know, be known, I'm in no way a Titans fan either. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe for this season though. Yeah, but after they win that ring, baby, tighten up. <laughs> uh, I oh. agree that they're the best team in the division. That's yeah, what I without agree a to. doubt. Yeah, I was gonna say the two things I agree to are Mike Vrabel's a good head coach, and they are the best team in the division, and they will make the playoffs. So. You know, you, I I don't agree that they're winning the Super Bowl. Let's make that clear. But they 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 will be a team that no not a whole lot of people want to play come playoff time. They certainly have a very high ceiling. I'll give you that. When all yeah. those guys are, are are playing at their best, they are extremely hard to beat. Yeah, uh, and then our last team of the division, the Colts, lost to the Seahawks. Um, it was, I think it was like 28 to 16. It was like yeah. a semi-close game, but the Seahawks outplayed the hell out of the Colts. Uh, I just, can I just say Carson Wentz is bad. Like I just yeah. don't like Carson Wentz. I yeah. can't get excited about a team that has Carson Wentz as their quarterback. Yeah, I completely agree. And they will trade a first-round pick to the Eagles after this season for him. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, so, they will. I. Yeah, I, I don't remember where what what the exact analogy was, but eventually we're going to be talking about that 2017 Carson Wentz MVP-ish season, sort of like we talk about that Derek Carr 2014 MVP-ish season. And Derek Carr is better than Carson Wentz is now, but Carson Wentz will never hit that sort of peak again. No, and it was funny. I heard someone else say this, and it, I, it totally clicked for me. I thought it was uh, like super true. 
Everyone talks about that season for Carson Wentz as if he won the MVP. Yeah, it's an almost MVP. <laughs> like it's it literally they talk about MVP. it as if he was the MVP that season. He didn't. He didn't win the MVP. He may have, but he didn't. And people act like he. It was. It's, I don't know. It's crazy. And I don't mean to go too off topic here because I was kind of I disconnected earlier, but uh, Derek Carr looked great. I think he's gonna have a bounce back year. Not, I do not too. A super great year, but he'll he'll be a solid quarterback good this year for sure. I'm 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 actually I like that take. I like that take a lot. We Sam and I talked about Monday Night Football being one of the most exciting games of the week, and uh, yeah, I I think that the Raiders make the playoffs. I'm saying that right now. Wow. AFC's tough, man. AFC's really tough. Yeah, but like the Ravens, I. I'm already saying should be disappointing or probably going to be disappointing. Okay. Um, and then the, only one team from the AFC South and the AFC East are making the playoffs in my opinion. So what if, what if three make it from the AFC West chiefs, chargers, Raiders could be, could be. I'm still convinced that the chargers are going to find a way to miss it anyway. They always do. <laughs> no. I love, Hey, listen, I love the chargers, but they cannot make a playoffs to save their lives. Yeah. Sure can't. They've so many. They've had so many good teams, and they just can't do it. So, and they're yeah. gonna lose the the thing. They're gonna lose bad this week. The Cowboys, best team in the league. So. Oh, okay. Uh, I I don't agree with that take, but we can. Uh, Cowboys are gonna win that game. I'm confident. I'm confident. I'm. I was talking about the best team in the league take, but. Oh 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 oh. oh. <laughs> Yes, I, I I will. That was hyperbole. I will give you that. Okay. They are right. in the Super Bowl this year, but they aren't the best. That's team. a weird way to pronounce the Tennessee Titans, but you know we'll take it. Okay. <laughs> Both of y'all are crazy, is what I'm gonna say. Um, I had one little thing that I wanted to throw in here, and I was texting Sam about this the other day. Yeah. Speaking of the Colts, they started Julian Davenport at left tackle last week because um. Eric Fisher is still recovering from a Achilles injury from last season. And Sam Cosme, who was supposed to be their left tackle. Sam Cosme? Yeah, Cosme. I think. Uh, was supposed to be their left tackle and tore his ACL, I believe. So uh, Julian Davenport started. And I was like, huh, I recognize that name. Um he was drafted by the Texans in the fourth round of 2017, which you think, okay, not not too bad. Uh, it was, hold on, let me let me find the exact number of picks after. So uh, Shaquille Griffin was drafted the pick after that. Oh no no no. Okay, so so it was 2017. He was drafted in the fourth round. In the third round, we drafted Deonta Foreman. The pick after that was Shaquille Griffin. Couple picks later was Kenny Galladay. Couple picks later was Eddie Jackson, and so I was like, okay, so this draft sucked. Let's go. Uh, let's go look at the whole draft as a whole. Julian Draven- Davenport and Carlos Watkins were both fourth round picks for us, and they were both around twenty picks before George Kittle. So just like, come on, man. Um, and that was the draft that we traded our entire future away for Deshaun Watson. So 2017, you could say, was the beginning of the end of the Texans. Uh, yeah. Yeah, you could say that. Hey, watch out, we're back, baby. <laughs> yeah, Dalton, what was the score of the game? 
Mike. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, uh, we beat so the, that, the number one drafted quarterback. I think I think we're you know just skipping in for the Super Bowl already. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I, I said that the uh, Cowboys and Titans takes were crazy, but I gotta agree with that one. Texans to the Super Bowl. That was my little draft rant. Uh, we've got one quick little wallowing in denial section for us. We're both going to read out people who influenced the team along the way, both in a good and bad way. Um, both of us picked players and uh, and executives who were only on the team since we started watching. Um, so I'm going to... Let Sam read his list first, because I know that Dalton will have some things to say about the Texans list. So absolutely, I can I can get this started. I'm gonna start with the bad guys. Yeah, that's a good start. Get that out of the way. Bad Jags. Um, so I, I mentioned it on our first pod, but um, I started why I started watching the Jags religiously back my friend in our freshman year of college, which was um. Four NFL seasons ago, I believe. Um, yeah, 2017, I believe. The the season that they were really good is is when I began. It was when I started watching them religiously. Um, if you want to know why, I explained it there. But um, since then, these are uh, these are the bad Jaguars. First of all, I got Blake Bortles, and what? I it, it hurts my soul to put the boat on here because I <laughs> genuinely like. C- come on, he's Blake Bortles. He's the boat, but. He's just like undeniably a bad Jaguar. Like he hurt yeah, it, it hurt the team so bad but, that he was the quarterback. But since 2017, I feel like he's I don't know. I feel like he played a, a crucial role in the Jags in those years. He did. He did. He made it all the way to the AFC Championship with him. And it just can't. I can't help but think if we had like not Blake Bortles, Tyrod Taylor, he could have won the Super Bowl that year. So you know what? Screw Blake Bortles. Glad yep. he's off the team. Next guy up, Tom Coughlin. He was uh, without a doubt. He was he was in the, he was with the team for a while there, a couple Front years. Came role, in, right? yeah, came in. His big de- he he everyone was on Tom Coughlin time. He was just very every the players hated him being there. They did not want to play for that guy. He was terrible for the front office. Yeah, it he sucks because him. his start as a coach was with the Jaguars. Right, and he was pretty good, um, and yeah. then of course left for the Giants' role in one, two Super Bowls. Yeah. So, you know, it just just not good stuff. Uh, next up, we got Doug Marone, head coach of the Jaguars for most <laughs> of the time that I've been a fan. Um, a bad coach. Just He's not very a very good coach. Um, not a guy who was into taking any sort of chances. Um, and not a guy, and a guy that uh, did not show himself to be a good judge of talent for most of those drafts. So, you know what? He just, we just, besides that one year, we really did not get much better under him. Uh, and then Taven Bryan's up next. Taven Bryan, if for those of you who don't know, which is most likely almost every single person, uh, he is still on the Jaguars. He's, sure the only pers- uh, he's the only player on this list that's still on the Jaguars. Um, he was our first-round pick the uh, in the 2018 draft, right after our really good year. He was our first-round pick at the back of the first round, and he has barely 
played, let alone started. He's never started. He's barely played, and he's been in a huge disappointment. We were uh, we were think, heavily considering cutting him this year, uh, but he's still on the roster. So just a big waste of time there. Um, and I especially hate him because I knew it was a bad pick. You did. I remember they that. Said it. Because you, hey, all of our teams do it. I'm sure you got you Texans fans have have experienced the same thing where they make a pick and you're like, that's just not a good pick. There's no way that's a good pick. Plenty of times. Um, yeah. yeah. And then the last bad jag is Urban Meyer, and I put him I put him here, and I said most likely because I um we're one week into the season and I'm tired of the Urban Meyer experience, <laughs> which is a very bad sign. You were tired of the Urban Meyer experience when they hired him. You said I was. That, that was a bad sign. I was. I so. was. I I wanted to. I would. I said that Urban coming to the NFL was interesting, but I would much rather him be on a different team. So. We'll see if I'm wrong about that. Hopefully I am. Um, and then the good Jags, I'll run through a little bit quicker. Um, we got Calais Campbell, Jalen Ramsey. Traded. Um, trade, both traded. Both fantastic players while they're here. Still really good players. Really helped us. Like We're the biggest part of us of the best season in Jaguars recent history. Um, and I also want to uh, put in Miles Jack there because he's, he's still with the team. And he did a lot that season. And he was—he should have been the reason for us getting to that Super Bowl. Should have been taken away, and it was bullshit. Uh, next up, we got Gardner Minshew traded for reasons I don't even need to say. He is one of the best Jaguars of recent memory. How can you not like Gardner Minshew? Just and fun to watch. Not man. to mention, he was good. <laughs> like he played really well. Yeah. And it's bullshit that he was traded for a six-round pick. Yep. My God, Urban Meyer, what are you doing? Um. Next up, we have uh, Jake Luton, quarterback for the Jaguars. He started a couple games while Gardner Minshew was on the team and healthy. Yeah. And, I mean, I can't hate the guy because it wasn't his fault he was starting. No, you can't. And, And, and frankly, he gave his very best, and he didn't play that bad. No. So I love the man for that. And then Trevor Lawrence is last because – even though he had three picks this first game and we and we're going to be really bad this year and all that, he represents the most hope that the Jaguars have had in a long time. Um, he, uh, I still think that he looks has the looks of a guy who could be one of the best quarterbacks in the league at some point in in the next you know five years or something like that. And uh, I just really really hope that we don't ruin his career. Yep. I, uh, again, coming from Texans fans, understand that one. Um, you did yeah, been there, James Robinson. I, I noticed that I, I wanted to call him out because he. Oh, had, I totally skipped over. I, I was, yeah, I wasn't even paying attention. He had one of the best undrafted uh, running back seasons of all time. Probably again, the best. Probably again, the best. something that Dalton and I can relate to because we did have Arian Foster for a couple of years. Um, and he was also undrafted. So, yeah, I, I completely agree with your list. And uh, I only cut you off those couple of times to say traded because it was just shocking to me that the Jags have traded away three of their most fun players over the last couple of years. Yeah. And Calais Campbell and Gardner Minshew were traded for fifth and sixth round picks. For nothing. For nothing. Just to get them out of there. Yeah. Um, let's shift over to the Texans. Uh, I'm going to do good Texans first just because uh, the name at the end of my list may surprise some. 
So first, obviously, Gary Kubiak. I can't say enough good things about the man. Um, when he left the team, it was time for him to go. Uh, and then he went and won the Super Bowl with the Denver Broncos. So uh, super nice. One of the best things that's happened to Houston sports in a long time, uh, which is sad to say. Andre Johnson is my next name. Uh, our only Hall of Famer that made his contributions while he was with the team. Um, Mario Williams, who was one of our two number one overall draft picks. And we mentioned this on one of our previous episodes. When he was drafted, number one, everyone hated the Texans. And all these years later, I'm just so grateful that we didn't take Reggie Bush there as we were supposed to. I'm just going to throw this out there before you keep going. Uh, Mario Williams walks with J.J. Walker run. <laughs> You're not wrong. You're not wrong. You are wrong. I like that. Uh, he was our best defensive player to ever play for the team until JJ came around. Uh, next is Matt Schaub. Um, he had his ups and downs with the team, but he is our longest tenured quarterback and has, I think, every passing record with the team. Uh, and then I put next to him in, in parentheses TJ Yates because the, the best season of Matt Schaub's career ended in an injury, and then T.J. Yates won a playoff game for us. So I had to give him a little shout-out. Uh, J.J. Watt, everyone knows. I mean, one of the best defensive players of all time. Uh, two-time Defensive Player of the Year winner. Three-time. Mm-hmm. I can't believe I don't. Okay, three-time. <laughs> yep, three-time. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, again, don't really have to say much. To quote Dalton, Andre Johnson walked so DeAndre could run. Uh, too bad that his career was cut short with the Texans. And then both those guys, JJ and DeAndre, are now in the Cardinals. So that's funny. Um, and then the last name, and this is by far the most surprising, Bill O'Brien. And I put in parentheses only as a coach because he is the most successful in terms of win-loss coach in Texans history and uh he got a lot out of bad quarterbacks for several years so can only fault the man so much as a coach let's make that clear uh Dalton you want to add anything there I don't I'm not sure I agree with that honestly I wouldn't say Bill O'Brien is a bad Texan but I don't think he's a good Texan he was handed some very good players and you know they did what they did I don't really think much man he wanted he won games with Brian Hoyer, and when Ryan Fitzmagic was not what he is now, he won games and DeAndre with DeAndre Hopkins won games with those guys. You're right. You're right. You're not wrong. You're DeAndre Hopkins and a good defense, but Bill O'Brien was the one calling the plays, so I yeah. I, I had to keep him there. Let me sneak in here for a second and just say that Bill that you know you can separate Bill O'Brien as the coach and GM all you want, but even when he was a, just the coach. Like, the coach is part of those personnel decisions, and those personnel decisions were questionable long before he was the GM. They got worse when he was the GM. They were questionable long before. So The most questionable move before he was general manager, in my opinion, was signing Brock Osweiler, and he was uh, in the media out on Brock Osweiler. He was completely against him. That's true. So can't fault him for that one, and... uh 
Brock Osweiler is a bad Texan, so I'll start the list off there. Hold on one second. Let me add two more good Texans that you you didn't mention. You mentioned this guy before you started talking about oh, good Texans. But I can't Aaron believe. Foster yeah, you're right. You're right. Definitely. My favorite running back probably to ever watch. And then two, another person that I love is uh, Owen Daniels. Oh, the my God. You are so right. I forgot. Yeah, that's our best running back and tight end in, in franchise history for those wondering. Um, and a lot of people probably don't even know the name Owen Daniels, so that's sad. Um, let's shift over to the days. best. Yeah, the good old days. You're right, though. I mean, that team was fun to watch. And once again, helmed by Matt Schaub. So, um, bad Texan number one. Already mentioned it. Brock Osweiler. I mean, he was a disaster. We, every everyone knew that he was a bad signing from the get go, and then we had to trade a second round pick to dump the contract on the Browns uh, a year after he signed. So that's the good stuff. Um, and then these three guys are kind of tied together. Cal McNair is our new owner. Uh, I've talked already about not liking him. Uh, his dad was a controversial figure for sure, but he knew how to run a football team at least competently. Um, and Cal McNair's best buddy, Jack Easterby, is uh, the guy that I would say is the poison pill that started the Texans' demise. Um, former Patriots... Uh, I forget what the term is, but he he was kind of their religious guide chaplain. on the team. Chaplain. There you go. And is now uh, in charge of personnel decisions for the Texans. Or is not in charge, but is definitely part of the decision making. Uh, and then lastly, Bill O'Brien as general manager because he... Uh, he traded DeAndre Hopkins for a second round pick and then flipped that second round pick for Brandon Cook. So like, why'd we even do that? Um, Good point. And it's crazy to me how you only listed one player out of the four or five people you named for the Texans, but I can't, I'm thinking, trying to think of other bad players and there's really not any players that ruined it for us. No, no. I mean, there were there were definitely bad players that we started. I mean, we freaking traded for David Johnson, so yeah. There's there's <laughs> probably a bad Texan right there who's now our third string running back, but that's not his fault. That's a personnel move. Any ill will towards uh, Dwayne? Big Dwayne? I don't even Juan, know who I, you're talking about. Dwayne Brown. I was very, I was very bitter when he left the Texans. He won, yeah, he um, he was great. For I would the even Texans. argue that he, he he was a good Texan. I would argue he he, he was, was a good Texan. He, he forced himself out, and then you guys traded away a bunch for a new left tackle. I cannot uh, hold that <clears> against him because I mentioned the controversialness of our former owner Bob McNair. And uh, he forced his way out only because of things that were said, and we're not going to get into that. But sure, sure. Um, so I can't can't blame Dwayne Brown on that. He is still a great left tackle. Still wish he was on the team, but yeah, Dalton, you're right. It, there's no there's no like noted bad Texan player that we can be like, ah, oh, fuck that guy. Besides Brock Osweiler, I guess. Um. Let's. Uh, Wait, I just thought I just thought of one more good Texan though that we cannot okay. forget. Um, also an Aggie, Shane Leckler, greatest. Player oh, you're right. 
greatest punter of all time. Uh, I I didn't think of him because he started his career with the Raiders, but he played a good five, six seasons with us. So definitely on the list. Oh, yeah. Fantastic. Love a good punter. Best uh, punter of all time, baby. Um, that wraps up our wallowing in denial segment. As always, we're going to do a little fantasy corner. Uh, we'll all talk about a couple guys we're excited about in the fantasy perspective, and then we'll let you guys go. Um, so I, I broke it into two categories, victory laps. So players that were, that we were excited about before the season and are still excited about, and then players that we were excited about before the season that we're now worried about. So uh, victory laps and then disappointments. Sam, you want to kick us off there? Yeah, I'll give you um... – I will give you a a victory lap here. First victory lap is, uh, you know, and I, I feel bad victory lapping this guy because, like, I don't think anyone thought he was going to be bad, but CeeDee Lamb is going to be so good this year. So good. He's going to be so ridiculously good this year. And um, that's, like, I'm not worried about the drops, really. I, I think that that will tighten up. That I, was just that I, was like the first two plays of the. He game. dropped a couple at the beginning of the game, and then he and then he started catching everything. But the man got 15 targets. You couldn't ask for more. He's on one of the pass. He's he's on. He's gonna. This is gonna be one of the pass heaviest teams in the league because of how bad our defense is. Dak Prescott is a true baller. He's another guy that I'm taking a victory lap on. Dak Prescott is fantastic. And this team's going to put up some of those points in the league. So CeeDee Lamb is going to end up as a top 12 receiver. Amari Cooper might as well, but I don't know. CeeDee Lamb definitely will be a top 12 receiver uh, in fantasy. And Let me me give you a hot take here. Okay. Both will be top eight receivers, assuming health from the two of them and from Dak. Assuming health, both will be top eight receivers. Yeah, it's that team, that passing attack is deadly. Deadly. Um, and, and with how bad the defense is. And I think we pre- like if you were worried about if you were worried about matchups with any of those guys, we just did that against Tampa Bay, which is one yep. of the best defenses in the league. So you know, these are guys like Ceedee Lamb is a true like set it and forget it wide receiver one, and I am so glad that I have him on my most important team. Dalton, you got any guys that you want a victory lap or? Any guys that you're worried about in fantasy? Yeah, so I'm not the biggest fantasy guy, but I would say my victory lap was uh, definitely uh, TJ Hawkinson. Looked great. Ooh, had, the most, had the most targets on the team, and I think that'll continue. For that sure. man is going to ball. Yep. That man is going to ball. <clears throat> I agree. Uh, I guess I'll give my victory lap, and then we can all go back and give our worries. Um, victory lap sort of a victory lap because I was getting a little nervous about this player. Sam knows is Joe Mixon. I uh, roster him everywhere. I've got him on Dude, four out of my count. five. That doesn't count. You didn't want Joe Mixon. I, I did. I, you the were upset. That, the reason that him. I was upset <laughs> was because I do have him on four out of five teams. So I, I was only oh, upset yeah. because I felt like I had too much. He looked great. He he had the most oh, carries fantastic. of any running back in the league week one. And uh, assuming that continues, I mean, he, he's he got a uh, very high ceiling. Oh, yeah. 
I want to go on record, though, and just say that I was absolutely higher on Joe Mixon going into the season. You were, because I I had to come to you and say, all right, calm me down. I'm I'm getting getting scared with how much of him I have. I mean, again, he's a guy, barring any health injuries, he should be. I mean, he has no reason not to be great. So um, I like that one. Um, Guys that I'm worried about. I was really high on uh, F1, Terry McLaurin going in. And it's not that I'm worried about him. It's more that I'm worried now that Fitzpatrick is out for an extended period of time. I, okay. Um, we'll, we'll, take, see, we'll see how Heineke does. I feel like Heineke might be good tonight. No, I think, okay, first of all, tonight's game is going to be super gross. I will not hear otherwise. It's going to be disgusting. I hope that, I think there's a chance uh, Gibson balls the hell out. But um, I think this game is going to be gross tonight. Um, but McLaurin, um, I, I certainly, the, the biggest issue was he had four targets. Like that's yeah. just not enough. Yeah. It's just not what you want to see for like a true, uh, one. And he caught yeah. all four of them, which is great. So it's not great. him. And, it's and just had, the situation. In my opinion, the best catch of week one. Oh my goodness. Yeah. The best, one of the best catches I, I've seen in a while. He was almost parallel to the ground backwards. Yeah, he's, he's the best back. catch since uh, that CeeDee Lamb catch last year in the end zone. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? I do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm not worried. I think that week one was sort of kind of get your bearings right. A lot of new pieces on this offense, uh, namely the quarterback. And uh, it was sort of a grinded out game. I mean, that game against the Chargers was exciting just because both defenses looked good. Um, but I, I think that he will get more use. So I'm not I'm not too worried about Terry. Dalton, you got a, a guy you're a little worried about? I, I would say Zeke. Zeke uh, does not look too good. Yeah. Uh, I was so high on him coming in the season. I, and I still think he'll, he gets right, but, man, that was an ugly game for him. And see, I don't, I don't have Zeke in any of my – my fantasy or anything, and I hate the Cowboys with passion. I'm not a Zeke fan, <laughs> and I'm glad he's not doing good, but that that did surprise me. Yeah, I I think that if we're still as worried right now as we – or as worried as we are right now in, like, two or three weeks, then we should, like, actually put the hazards on. I, I still think he ends up as a top-12 running back. For like, sure. I do. I um, it's just, like – he can which when you get an RB1 in fantasy you want to be like that guy's not going to disappear. There's yeah. no way he can disappear and Zeke can absolutely disappear on a week to week. Um if we play a team that, that's putting up points, we're going to be passing the ball a lot. Yeah. And Zeke gets targets, but so does Tony Pollard and so do a lot of people. So, um yeah, it's just he's not I don't think he has the ceiling that I thought he did when the season started. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. Uh, and if, if we saw what the passing game looks like, if if what it looked like on Thursday night is how it continues, they might just not run the ball very much. They were throwing a lot of screen passes that were getting more yards than the running backs were getting. Yeah, I mean, okay, one thing to take into consideration here is Dak Prescott threw the ball 58 times. Yeah, that's not gonna. That's happen. not gonna happen. Yeah. That's like, let me look. Let me just take a quick <laughs> look. Um, f- 58 passes. Did he do that? Okay, so okay, when you look at last season, the four games that he played fully, he did in fact throw 58 times twice. So 
<laughs> so maybe it'll happen more than I think, but most of the time that's going to be closer to 40 times a game. God, the Cowboys' 60. defense is bad. That's yeah. all that that number tells me. Yeah, so he, he, um, he will throw, we will be throwing a lot, but not that much. Not every game. I'm going to throw two names out because one's not that shocking, honestly. He's been a worry since he was traded to the Browns, but Odell Beckham is one name. Um, I know that they're they're not rushing him back from his ACL injury, so they're they're giving him as much time as he needs. But at some point, we just got to all be like, Odell might not be a wide receiver two in fantasy anymore. Um, I don't know. We'll see. I'd need to see him on the field. Yeah. What? Well, yeah. He's, he hasn't yeah. even gotten out on the field yet. You're I right. can't. I can't pass that big a judgment on him. I, right. I don't want him on my team, but uh, you know. And the other guy we mentioned earlier was Mark Andrews, and I think that that might be uh, a little more worrisome. We'll see. Again, we'll see. It was just week one. A lot of these guys. Yeah, yeah. It's hard. Good and bad. It's hard to project out the whole season based on. One of reactions is a big issue. Yep. Uh, Well, that wraps up Fantasy Corner. Real quick before we close it out. Thank you, Dalton. Uh, Dalton, do you have any picks on who wins the Texans-Browns game? <laughs> you know, uh, uh, I've done a lot of research on this one, and I think it's going to be a close one. I think the Browns might take it, unfortunately. I do not think sh- it's going to be close. I have, I have, a, I, no, I just have one joking. stat. I, I don't think it'll be close. But uh, I, I follow a lot of Texans guys and stuff on Twitter, and there's so many people on Twitter that, oh, the, the – the Texans have a chance. Like, if we can hold the Browns close, we're going to be good this year. And it's just not going to happen. It doesn't no. matter. We're not good. I have one stat to run, run by you guys that might change your mind in the Texans' favor, actually, which is kind of out of character for me. But are you aware of the fact that the Texans are 1-0 and and the Browns are 0-1? Holy shit, you're right. I'm just putting it out there. So, Holy shit. Just something to think about. Um, and then on, on the Jags, we're playing the Broncos, which... Um, I would give the Jaguars a higher chance of beating the Broncos than I would give the Texans of beating the Browns, just because For the Browns sure. are really good. Yeah, I agree. And, sure. the, and the Broncos, while I think they have a lot of talent, there's like there's pathways to them struggling in yes. in certain games. Um, that being said, the Browns will beat us by quite a bit. Or not the Browns, the the Broncos will beat us by quite a bit. That defense if, is really good. If so. the Texans had not beat the Jaguars, once again, 37-21 to 21 last week, if the Jags had won that game, I would say that this is more winnable. Uh, but judging based off how the Jags looked this past week, I, yeah, I think i got to give it to the Broncos. Not a lot to get excited about. All right, and uh, last thing. Uh, actually, as we're finishing recording the Thursday night football game starting, who you guys got for the uh, football team versus the Giants? Oh, a gross game. Uh, I think I'm taking the football team. Okay. Yeah, I am as well. I uh, I I love the football team way more. I hate the Giants with a passion, and I think that the football team is better. Um, but in a battle where both defenses are really good, both offenses uh, have are probably going to struggle. I, I can't shake the feeling that the Giants are going to win this game. Honestly, like, they'd probably be better for the Cowboys. I uh, Yeah, I don't know. I, the Cowboys are the best in this division, I think, yeah, without sure. a doubt. And, and so I don't, I don't really care about that so much. Um, 
it's just I don't know. I like I I think the the football team is better, and I hope they kill the Giants. But I just cannot shake this feeling that the Giants are going to be able to put up a couple points and win this thing. Uh, so I'll go with the I'll go with the Giants. I'll be the odd man out here. As you always are. Um, <laughs> thank you once again, Dalton. Uh, go Texans. I guess go Jags. And we will see you guys next week. Thanks for stopping in and hating yourselves with us.